Hey there, I'm Daphna Chazen, registered dietitian and weight loss coach, and you're listening to the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast, a place for practical advice for women looking to balance their hormones, ditch dieting, and discover mindset shifts that will keep you motivated and empowered on your healthy eating journey. Are you ready to get started? Have you ever heard the saying, if you fail to plan, plan to fail? Well, this is what today's episode is all about. I love talking about planning. I'm a huge believer in the power of planning. And actually, a few months back, I recorded an episode about PCOS basics. And there, I spoke about the essential things to do when you're on your health journey. We spoke about some nutritional strategies, as well as mindset and eating behaviors that can really build your momentum. Go back to episode 42 to hear all about it. It's been a very, very popular episode recently. But one of the basics that I spoke about toward the end of that episode was planning. And I mentioned it as one of the key behaviors to master for long-term success, which I firmly believe in. Women that work with me and become excellent planners do really well, make meaningful progress, and they just find it way easier to stick with their healthy, newly formed habits long-term. So planning is definitely a great way to build your routine and gain confidence around your healthy eating and your ability to keep it going beyond just a few weeks or a few months because we know that that doesn't work. Nobody wants a short-term fix or a short-term solution to PCOS, which is a long-term condition that you want to manage for the rest of your life. In my programs, I talk about the specific benefits of planning, and I teach my students in my course how to plan. I have a whole module about meal planning and planning in general in the course because I think it's super powerful, not just for eating healthy food, but way more importantly, for ensuring that you're following a routine that keeps you focused and constantly progressing forward as opposed to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. Planning can provide you with clarity and simplify your life, so it's very beneficial for your mindset as well. Simple means easier, and easier means sustainable. Always, always remember that. So today I want to dive deeper into the benefits of planning, or more specifically what I call imperfect planning, and tell you how this has worked for my clients. So you'll hear some real-life examples from women just like you who've implemented some degree of planning and found it really helpful. I'm going to share with you some of those planning strategies that I use so that you can apply them into your own life starting right now. When I speak about planning, I'm referring less to the nitty-gritty of making meals on a Sunday or coming up with recipes and batch cooking and all of that stuff, which, by the way, I teach in my course. But what I'm talking about today is more about how you make decisions around food and eating and how thinking about what your plan is or what you'll be eating today or what you'll do in a certain food situation can really change your eating habits for the better, which ultimately will help you meet your goals more easily and quickly. So planning can mean things like writing down your meals for the next 24 hours. It can mean thinking ahead about a change in your routine and planning how you'll navigate that. 
or planning to practice one small new habit this week, like upping your fluid intake or even planning to have a bedtime snack or a dinner out with friends in a way that's supporting of your health goals. So it's essentially being more intentional with how you approach eating as opposed to making decisions on the fly, which often translates to food choices and behaviors that aren't so great, things that we don't want to continue doing. And remember, we're talking about imperfect planning. So we're not aiming for perfection or being 100% planned out at any given point in your day. We remain self-compassionate throughout this process and we're just focused on being a little better each day or each week and putting our best intentions and effort forward. Good? So let's get started with the five benefits I strongly believe you can reap from planning. And as I said, I'll share some specific examples from my current clients as I speak about these benefits, which will help you come up with actual ideas and give you some inspiration on where and how you can implement this into your own life. Benefit number one is planning helps you set your intentions. When you make a plan, you're declaring to the world that you're going to take action and you're serious about doing something since you took the time to plan it. It may seem obvious, but think about other things that you try to do and you don't plan properly. Do they end up happening? Uh, Probably not. And I've been there many, many times. So spending a few minutes to come up with a plan, say before you're going out to dinner with friends or before you're about to cook a meal for your family, can actually help set your intentions for the evening or for that time or for that eating event and even reduce your anxiety around what to eat, which is fairly common. So my client, Samantha, was going to a two-day conference for work, and this was before COVID-19, of course, but she was feeling really nervous about it, and she was not sure if she could navigate it well. And this, by the way, is a big sign of a great time or place to create a plan around. So use it for the things that are making you nervous or that you're not totally comfortable navigating. These are the instances where Most people just leave it up to chance or think that they'll figure it out. I'll do it when I'm there. I'll wing it. I'll figure it out as I go. But if you've learned from past experience that you end up feeling negatively about how you handled it or what you ate or what you told yourself after, it's best to give it some thought so you can break out of those unhelpful patterns. You want to break out of this cycle, which really creates a very unhealthy relationship with food. So always remember, behavior change does not happen by chance. You have to be intentional about it. So Sam wanted to make a plan. She was going to try and stay on track for the weekend when she was at the conference. And she told me that she usually would get on the road in the morning of her conference and just figure it out, wing it, like we just said. But she knew this didn't end up aligning with her goals. And oftentimes when she would go on a weekend or to a conference, it would throw her off completely. And many times she would get too hungry during the day or she would stop on the way to get a bagel or fast food and it would be all downhill from there for the rest of the day. And like I said, it would derail her for the rest of the week or even month. So it was this yo-yo dieting, this cycle of going on, going off, being at a conference and eating whatever, and then going back home and trying to over-restrict and make up for it. It just was not good. So what we did, instead of her feeling nervous and worried about going to the conference 
or not thinking about it and just going there and eating whatever and then being, you know, very far off her plan and not feeling like what she's doing is conducive to what she wants to accomplish with her health. And one of her biggest goals is to regain her period back, have a normal cycle and get pregnant. So she has some serious goals that she's working towards. And what we did in order to support her and make sure she's well on her way to those goals is to plan out and reduce as many unknowns as possible. And what I mean by this is that she didn't wait to see what food is available at the conference or or when she'll get hungry. She instead planned to have a breakfast at home and we spoke about the details of this. She also packed a couple snacks and she planned to have lunch from whatever is provided at the conference. So these are all things that she had determined ahead of time. And this is what I mean by saying, planning helps you set your intentions. She already made some decisions before she even got there. So when it was lunchtime, she scanned the buffet table at the conference and she picked out something that she liked. And then she took a brownie for later in the afternoon. She also stayed accountable by tracking her food into her journal for that day. So even though she didn't stick to her plan 100% since she got the brownie and she didn't eat the snacks that she had brought, just by making a plan and putting the intention out there to stay on track and be thoughtful and mindful about her eating, she did so much better than usual. She was also much more aware of her choices and she walked into the conference with a different mindset than before and she felt great. Now, speaking of eliminating stress and reducing anxiety, like Sam did, let's move on to benefit number two, which is planning can lower stress levels and save you major time. When you plan, you can significantly reduce the stress and anxiety that many women feel around eating. And that's again, since you know what to expect, or at least you've given it some thought. That can diffuse some of the anticipation around it, which is oftentimes what people struggle with. For example, if you have a social gathering and you know it's at a place where there's going to be alcohol and appetizers and friends that are encouraging you to have another round or even family members who like to get all in your business about why you're not eating this or why you're not eating that or just have another slice of cake, this can cause stress. And we all have these people in our lives. If you don't have people like this in your life, you're very lucky but most of us do. But if you have all your ducks in a row, for example, if you took 10 minutes, even in the car as you're driving to the place, to think about it ahead of time, not when you're already in the tricky situation, maybe you can come up with two or three things that you can do to manage it. So as I said in the beginning, that is planning too. Just thinking about it is planning. So it's not all about meal planning. It's also about anticipating the scenarios that you'll be in and maybe deciding what you'll say or what you'll do ahead of time. Another thing that can help is having a conversation with your significant other or a close friend that's going to be there and verbalizing your goals to them. Those people can be in your corner, support you, make sure that you're not losing it when Aunt Susie is approaching you with another slice of cheesecake and making you feel all stressed and awkward, right? You want those people who are very supportive of you to be in the know about what you're trying to do. That can increase your accountability. It can help them know how they can support you. And it's a win-win all around. Now, do you see how something like this, how imperfect planning can help here? 
making those decisions ahead of time is really the perfect thing that you can do if you're currently not doing it for sure. Because again, just by thinking about it, just by setting your intention, just by talking about it with someone, it can reduce stress and anxiety. It can save you time because you're not gonna be scratching your head to figure out what to eat or what to do, or worse, making a decision that you later regret because you've already given it some thought and attention. Which brings me to benefit number three, which is planning will reduce decision fatigue. This one is really, really important, so I want you to pay close attention here. Here's what I know for sure, and I've been talking about this for years. When it comes to healthy eating, less options and choices typically work better. That's especially true for weight management. So if you're looking to manage your weight and in the beginning of someone's healing journey, that could be very relevant as well. What happens when we have too many choices, and I'm talking about food choices generally, it's hard for us to make a good choice. It's hard for us to make a choice that's aligned with our real goals, with our kind of deep rational goals, because we get overstimulated by food and we tend to want to sample everything. And typically that leads to overeating and facilitating too much of an obsession with food. Food becomes the most important thing and we think about it all the time. Now, if I'm trying to lose weight or eat more healthfully and I'm constantly faced with a lot of options, I have to find some serious willpower in me and use what I call my rational brain to decide what to eat and to kind of pick the healthy food, pick the food that I know is better for my body. Now, my infant brain, which is the opposite of my rational brain, that's kind of like our reptilian brain, the brain that needs gratification instantly That brain wants to sample all the ice cream flavors. That brain wants a big ice cream with three, four, five scoops, right? But my rational brain knows that that's a little bit too much. My rational brain wants to tell me, just pick one flavor, stick with one. And over time, if I'm faced with too many options all the time, or I need to choose between something that's fulfilling a desire and something that I know is a better choice for my body, I will eventually get decision fatigue. My brain wouldn't want to deal with making a choice and I'll probably end up making all of my decisions based on what my infant brain wants, my reptilian brain, which is the brain that wants satisfaction and wants to fulfill my desires right away, right here, right now. Now, what does all of this have to do with planning? Well, two things. Number one is planning what food I bring into my personal space and being intentional with not presenting myself with too many options is something that you can totally plan for. And that will prevent decision fatigue because you'll only bring home one type of cookie or two types of cookies as opposed to four or five or another snack that won't be as stimulating for you. The second thing is you can reduce decision fatigue by repeating the same choices even when you're out most of the time. Not always. I'm not saying that this is something you always have to do, but if you always go to the same deli or if you always go to the same salad place or restaurant or even a fast food place, you can identify ahead of time the one or two options that you know are good and healthy and satisfying you and that you enjoy and only choose from those each time you go there. This is a form of planning that basically narrows down your options and prevents you from having to make a choice or a decision on the spot when you're most hungry and you're faced with a ton of options. Again, 
This is going to be hard for many women because we do get overstimulated and then decision fatigue can kick in and dictate your choices. Hopefully this makes sense. And I do want you to know that there are a lot more layers to this. So here I'm giving you a taste. I'm giving you some ideas to mull over and think about. But when you're working with me or when someone is working with me, I coach you on how to exactly do this. We go deeper into it. We really dive into how to make this a reality for you. And we try to leverage the benefits of planning into your own unique life situation. Moving on to benefit number four of planning, and this is another really important one, and I'm sure many of you can relate, and that is planning can reduce impulsive eating. Now, this one is kind of self-explanatory because when you're planning, you're by definition not doing things randomly or out of impulse. So planning can really help you be more organized with your eating, and it can also help manage your appetite a lot better. I'll give you an example from my client, Vanessa. Vanessa is a woman who came to me for weight management, and she does have PCOS. She's an executive in a corporation, so her day is really busy. She's often at meetings and kind of having a really demanding job and a busy schedule. And Vanessa was overall a really healthy eater. So she was someone who was very mindful of her portions and choices. And during the day, she was very on point with her eating, rarely any issues, and she was doing fairly well. However, when she got home at night, things would kind of fall apart a little. And many women I work with can relate to this. Maybe you can as well. She would have dinner around 6 or 7 p.m. with her family. And since she was so busy, she would have to keep on working on her computer from home afterwards and stay up late. Now, because of her high-stress job and maybe even because she was running a pretty tight ship during the day, when she was home and it was her time to relax, her kids were going to bed, she would binge and basically experience the opposite of what food intake um, was like for her during the day. So she would normally eat some trail mix and a few cookies, then maybe some ice cream and a couple of glasses of wine, and then move on to salty snacks. And this was very much a free-for-all in terms of eating once 8 p.m. hits. And she would be staying up until midnight, sometimes 1 p.m., and you know, eating different things and just feeling very much out of control. So when she came to work with me, one of the very first things that we did was not even talk about her daytime eating. She was doing great. There's no reason to fix something that's not broken. But what we did instead was plan her nighttime snacks, come up with a way for her to continue eating at night and snacking, but in a better way, in a more planned out way, and in a more mindful way. So I wanted her to keep snacking, but do it in a way that she would know to anticipate what's coming, what's going to happen, right? She gave it some thought. She was more intentional about it. And that really helped. So we created a few options for her. And she was very clear on what are the types of snacks that she can have. And she also didn't feel so deprived, right? So we gave her options. In this case, planning really helped her diffuse a binge, reduce the impulsive nature of her eating at night, which she has been doing for a really long time. And both are major benefits. They allowed her to lose about 27 pounds over the course of three to four months. That's pretty good. She was happy. I was happy. And we moved on. All right, moving on to benefit number five, we're going to wrap up with this, which is 
Planning teaches you how to create a true lifestyle with healthy eating as a priority. When you remain consistent with planning to any degree, really, it could be just a little bit, it could be a lot, it could be somewhere in the middle, it doesn't have to be perfect, remember that, you essentially start forming new preferences in your brain, new pathways in your brain. So you can actually change the anatomy of your brain to prefer certain behaviors. Did you know this? And this is powerful, especially if you currently feel compelled to do things that you know are holding you back. And deep down inside, we all have things that we know are holding us back from being our best selves, from reaching our most important goals, and from truly living the life that we desire. Now, you have likely repeated some of these behaviors enough times that your brain now uses them as a go-to. So anything that you do on autopilot, and I always like to give the example of brushing your teeth. You do not have to think about brushing your teeth when you're doing it, right? It's on autopilot. You've done it many times. You've done it enough so that your brain knows how to do it without you actually paying attention. And I don't know about you, but I do a million other things when I brush my teeth. It's probably not the best habit, but I organize my bathroom a little bit. I look at my notifications. We do other things when we do things on autopilot. The same thing with driving. When you are driving in your car, I don't multitask when I'm in my car, but what I do notice is that I don't have to think about driving as much as I I did when I started driving. When I first got my license, I had to pay 1,000% attention because I wasn't sure how to drive properly, how to be safe. Now I know, right? I've done it for a long enough time where my brain doesn't need to pay as close attention. Those pathways have been created and I do it on autopilot and I, I do it great. I must say I'm a pretty good driver, but that's besides the point. What I wanna say to you is that you can do the same thing with healthy behaviors like planning, okay? So the more you do it, the less effort you have to put into it because they're already gonna be operating on autopilot for you. And that's what a healthy lifestyle is all about. It's not about being perfect 100% of the time, but it is about being consistent. So all you have to do is find a level of planning that works for you, whether it's journaling, whether it's creating a 24-hour meal plan for yourself for five minutes the night before. Maybe it's planning your weekends. Maybe it's thinking about what to do when you go out with X person, right? Whatever it looks like for you, that is enough. You are enough. What you're doing is enough. Just make sure that you're getting it done consistently because then your brain will learn this behavior. It's going to put it on autopilot. And there you have it, a lifestyle that you love and is giving you results. There's nothing better than that. Always remember, you don't have to do hashtag all the things. You just have to pick one or two things and insert some level of planning into your routine so that those things become consistent and that you start seeing them as part of your actual day-to-day life. So I want you to go ahead and start working on some form of planning in the next week and let me know on Instagram. Come on over to Instagram. Follow me at pcos.nutritionist.daphna. DM me and let me know how it's going. I can't wait to hear about everything that you're doing and how it's working for you. And until next time, be well, take care of your body, and I'll see you here again soon. Bye for now.